It's time for a Swedish Fika with some Swedish fun facts with your host, Pixopia. When I first moved to the US from Sweden, there were some things that changed and that I still today have trouble with. And I am talking about measurements. So let's look at some numbers without taking in consideration the measurements to give you a few examples. My height went from 157 to 5.1. My weight from 63 239, my shoe sizes from a 36 to a 5, and my clothes sizes from a 38 to a 12. Of course, I was the same size as before, but what had changed was the measurements. I went from 157 centimeters to 5.1 feet, from 63 kilograms to 139 pounds and I don't know what the reason is for the shoes and the clothes. But today I am going to talk about the differences between the two systems, the US imperial system and the metric system. So let's start with the imperial system. As a system, the imperial unit system was first defined in the British Weights and Measures Act of 1824. It was later reduced and refined. However, most countries that used it, the British Empire and the colonies, have since moved to the metric system units. Only three countries, the US, Liberia, Myanmar still mostly and officially stick to the imperial system, which uses distances, weight, height and area measurements that can ultimately be traced back to the body parts and everyday items. The United States is the only real stronghold of the imperial system in the world to date. Here using miles and gallons is the norm. Even though scientists use metric and new units like megabytes and megapixels, which are metric, and runners compete for 100 meters like everyone else in the world. The UK is the country stuck in the middle of the both systems. Being the birthplace of the imperial system itself, here the metric is partially adopted, but miles persists and people routinely refer to pints, miles per gallon, pounds and even stones in their everyday lives. Some products are persistently imperial measured worldwide. For example, jeans sizes measuring waist and length separately are just in inches. And piping and screen sizes are also referred to in inches almost Everywhere, The British Imperial and the United States customary measurement systems are quite similar, but there are differences. The US customary system is based on the English system of the 18th century, while the Imperial system was defined in 1824. 
almost half a century after the American independence. The only difference between the imperial and the U.S. system is in volume measurements. Not only are the number of ounces in pints, quarts and gallons all larger in the imperial system, but the size of one fluid ounce is also different. So let's start by talking about the volume measurements. In the imperial system, we talk about one fluid ounce, and that is 28.41 milliliter, while In the U.S. system, one fluid ounce is 29.57 milliliter, a little more. One cup is a measurement not usually used in the imperial system, but one cup in the U.S. is eight fluid ounces. Then we have one pint. In the imperial system, it is 20 fluid ounces. In the U.S. system, one pint is 16 fluid ounces, which means that the pint in the imperial system is 568.26 milliliter, while a pint in the U.S. is 473.18 milliliter. The next measurement is a quart. A quart in the imperial system is 40 fluid ounces, while in the U.S. system, it's only 32 fluid ounces. A quart is equal to two pints. But since the pint size is different between the two systems, so is the quart. And then we have a gallon. A gallon is four quarts or eight pints or 160 fluid ounces if you talk about the imperial system and 128 fluid ounces in the U.S. system. So this is probably the most confusing part of the imperial system versus the U.S. system. From now on, I will only talk about the U.S. system. Now let's take a look at length. We start with one inch, which is about two and a half centimeters. Next, we have one foot, and the foot is 12 inches. We have a yard, which is 3 feet, or 36 inches. And this is the closest to 1 meter. It's a little shorter than 1 meter in the metric system. And then we have a mile, which is 5,280 feet, or 1,760 yards. And this is about one and a half, it's 1.6 kilometers. To be extra confusing, we have a mile in the metric system, and that is equal to 10 kilometers. And then we have the weight measurements. Let's start with one pound. One pound is... A little bit less than half a kilogram. It is 0.4536 kilogram. And one pound is equal to 16 ounces. One ounce is 28.35 grams. And let's end the part about the US system 
about temperature. U.S. used the Fahrenheit scale, and this is using degrees in Fahrenheit compared to the metric system that uses Celsius. The origin of the Fahrenheit scale is based on a proposed scale from the physicist Daniel Gabriel Fahrenheit in 1724. The defining point of zero degree Fahrenheit was established as the freezing temperature of a solution of brine made from a mixture of water, ice and ammonium chloride or salt. And the other limit was his best estimate of the average human body temperature, originally set at 90 degree Fahrenheit, then adjusted to 96 degree Fahrenheit. And today, the value for the normal body temperature is 98.6 degree Fahrenheit. For much of the 20th century, this scale was defined by two different fixed points. And the first point was the temperature where pure water freezes. And this was defined to 32 degrees Fahrenheit. This is the same point that the Celsius system uses. And in Celsius, the freezing point of water is zero degrees. The second fixed point in the Fahrenheit system is the boiling point of water. And it was defined at 212 degrees Fahrenheit. In the Celsius scale, we also use the boiling point of water, but here it is set to 100 degrees Celsius. So when I first moved over here, I had a really hard time to decide how to dress by just looking at the temperature outside. It didn't say anything to me. But I quickly learned how to get an estimate. If I read the temperature in Fahrenheit, I had to first subtract 32 degrees and then divide the rest with 1.8. For example, if the temperature outside said 84 degrees, I took 84 minus 32, which gave gave me 52 degrees. I then divide that by 1.8 and it gave me 28.9 degrees. That would be approximately the Celsius degree of 82 degrees Fahrenheit. But nowadays I have adjusted and I know how warm or cold it is by looking at the Fahrenheit degrees. But this was really tough in the beginning. And let us not even begin talking about trying to bake something. I had no idea what temperature to put the oven on, how to translate the measurements from what I was used to with the metric system. There was no reason for me to try and multiply by 16 or by 12 or divide by these crazy numbers since I have grown up with a metric system.
So now let's talk a little bit more about the metric system. The metric system use base 10. You have a base measurement in each category and then you use the same prefix for all types of measurements. So let's take a look at length. The base measurement here is the meter. One meter, as we said earlier, is a little shorter than a yard. Then that is divided into decimeter. Deci means one tenth. So one meter is the same as ten decimeter. Or if you want a smaller unit, you can talk about centimeter. Centi meaning one hundredth. So one meter is a hundred centimeter. And the really small one is millimeter. Milli meaning one thousandths. So a meter is one thousand millimeter. Deci, centi and milli are prefix that can be used both when we talk about volume and mass. We also have kilometer. One kilometer is one thousand meter since the prefix kilo means a thousand. When we talk about volume the base is liter when we talk about cooking for example or buying things in bottles. The SI use cubic meter as the base. So one cubic meter of room temperature water is the same as one liter. But more often than using cubic meter we use liter as the base. And one liter is the same as 10 deciliter. Remember I said one tenth is a deci. Or a thousand milliliter. When it comes to weight or mass, the base unit is gram. But gram is a very small unit. So we usually talk about kilogram. And kilo, as I said, means a thousand. So one kilogram is a thousand grams. When you do cooking or baking, you often talk about hectogram. And hecto means 100. So a hectogram is a hundred gram. And when we talk about very, very small units, we can talk about milligram. And one milligram is one thousandth of a gram. Or saying it the other way, one gram is the same as a thousand milligram. And let's just quickly talk about temperature. I mentioned it before. We use Celsius degrees. And Celsius was actually a Swede. And I have talked about him in an earlier episode. But in this scale, water freezes at zero degrees Celsius. It boils at a hundred degrees Celsius. And these are the two set points. And then you made a scale divided by hundred degrees between the two. Normal 
body temperature when we talk about Celsius is 37 degrees. So now to the question, why doesn't U.S. use the metric system? Well, there has been many attempts, but none has been successful. In fact, the Metric Conversion Act of 1975, which was signed into law by President Ford, states that the metric system is to be the preferred system of weight and measure for United States trade and commerce. But all conversions was to be completely voluntary. Later on, an executive order by George H.W. Bush in 1991 directed departments and agencies within the executive branch of the United States government to take all appropriate measures within their authority to use the metric system as the preferred system of weights and measures for United States trade and commerce. So it went from being completely voluntary to being the preferred system. Despite this, there are very little of the metric system used today. Or is it? Maybe if we look closer, it is not as unusual as you might think. Have you, for example, seen a 2-liter soda bottle or a 750-milliliter bottle of wine? And next time you wash your hair, take a look at the shampoo bottle. I bet you it tells you how many milliliter it contains. And I am sure that the size of the plug you connect your earphones to your phone or computer with is measured in millimeters. And maybe you or someone you know has run a 5K, which is a 5-kilometer race. And when it comes to nutrition, we often measure things like fat, carbs, sugar, fiber, proteins, etc. in grams. And did you know that Diamonds are all measured in the metric system. One carat is 200 milligrams. Since 1994, it has been mandatory for double labeling on food and other consumer goods. But there it stops. So why are the we not metric all the way in the US? There are several reasons. The first one is... It would be initially rather expensive. Just imagine the cost to replacing all road signs, for example, that tells you what speed and what distance it is to a place. Second reason is it would be a very slow and long process. And the third reason is that people must be willing and wanting to change the system. And I think that's where we have the most resistance today. So why do I think it's time to change and why do I think it's important to change? First of all, I think it causes unnecessary isolation. When Americans aren't metric fluent, doesn't understand the system, even if you have heard about it. It does not encourage collaboration and communication across borders. I think it is very important that we teach the 
metric system in our elementary schools and not just teaches as being aware of. I think it's important that the next generation of Americans become metric fluent. The second reason is that living with a dual measurement system can lead to errors. If you go online, you can find many horror stories where mistakes has been made that was both costly or even deadly. And my third reason is that the metric system with its prefix makes conversion between units so much easier to learn and to understand. Next week on a Swedish fika. I would talk about the big Swedish emigration to America in the 19th and early 20th century. And for those of you listening in USA and have some Swedish ancestry, I wouldn't be surprised if your relatives came over during this period. If that sounds like something that would interest you, I suggest that you subscribe to the podcast or maybe even go to my website and sign up for my newsletter. And if you really want to be a part of the development of this podcast, you can join my Discord server. All information is available on my website, swedishfika.com. And if you haven't already... I would love for you to leave a review of my podcast that would help me to keep this podcast going and spreading information about Sweden and Swedes. Until next time, as we say in Sweden. Hej då! can keep up with everything from a Swedish fika on a swedishfika.com or on Facebook as a Swedish fika and you can reach Pixelpia at pixelpia at a swedishfika.com <laughs>